Hello and welcome to Sumo Mainichi. This is Talking Sumo, the episode that we do in between, in the sad, dark times, in between Basho, where we're all desperate for something to watch, something to think about around Sumo. But this time we're going to give it uh, a little bit of an extra uh, 2023 in Sumo flavour. Welcome. I'm Amy. This is Dave. What uh, was the flavour of 2023 for you? Oh, it's a great question. 2023 was a rich, deep chunk of flavour for me. Oh, that's nice. It was a hearty year of sumo. The kind of uh, sumo that you sit down in the middle of winter, lift the top off the chunko pot or the nabe pot that they do it in. And just give yourself a few ladles of steaming hot sumo action. Mm, inhaling. Oh. The, you, do you give yourself a waft? Well, I like to put my head over the pot yeah. and just let it come at me. Oh, yeah. Just fill your ears, your nose, your mouth. What flavour was uh, sumo for you this year? Well, now year? I, all I can think about <laughs> is, is that. I, I was going to say that um, I was feeling like a sort of colour for sumo this year when I thought about that question and I was I was feeling like it was really kind of yellow for some reason. Yellow, okay. Yeah. Not what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, just sort of bright and so many um, standout moments where it was like, I don't know, the sun coming in or something joyous coming in and just a, a colour that um, brings you joy and hope. Yes, does yellow bring people joy and hope? Not the first thing I think of, but now that you mention it, yes, the sun is yellow. Just, <laughs> so, <laughs> just yellow. Uh, let's, well, why don't we tell you a little bit about how this episode's going to work? Yep. Because we have some special guests, which we are so, so excited to bring you. Uh, as Amy said, this is a wrap of the 2023 year in sumo. And we've spoken to some of our best sumo podcast buddies and we've asked them for their highlights. Uh, so we'll be bringing you those interviews a little later and we'll be going through each of our highlights of the year, three each. Now, we haven't shared our highlights with no, each other, have we? No. And you even went so far as to do yours in a different document. You're, you're very, you keep well, them away. I, I, take, I take this very, very seriously. Mm. It's the kind of thing I should have printed out and put in an envelope mm. and then put in a locked briefcase <laughs> and then been carrying that briefcase around with me chained to my wrist all year. Well, not all year because I wouldn't have any highlights to put in Well, you in could there. pop a highlight in every time. Sure. You had one. But I'd have to go to the bank, be put in a vault, then I can open the briefcase. Then you can open it. Put the highlight in, yep. out of the vault. Well, we'll do that for 2024. I think we should. I'll uh, just put mine down somewhere and lose them. That's my style. If you would like to make a contribution to the Sumo Mainichi briefcase fund, you can do that by uh, going to PayPal. <laughs> a nice one. And using uh, our Gmail address, sumo mainichi at Gmail. And we'd like to thank people who have donated to the uh, newly named Sumo Manichi briefcase fund. Thanks so much to Glenn. And Glenn, I believe you uh, you bought a pin and a T-shirt too. Thank you so much for that. Hope you're getting around in Sumo Manichi kit. I love that idea. <laughs> Full regalia. Thank you to Glenn. Thank you, Tony. And thank you to Eli as well. 
Eli actually left us a message on PayPal that I'll read for you now. Thanks for yet another Basho's worth of phenomenal podcasts. Thanks, Eli. Oh, thanks. Oh, Jess. Bit awkward. Oh. Uh, I got into sumo during Short Eye's perpetually cutabound phase and never got to see him wrestle in his prime. Oh, or you missed. did you? I don't know. <laughs> I'd love Burn. to hear what ignited your enduring passion for the liquid one. Oh, the liquid one. I quite one. like that. And the origin and definition of the term floppy short eye. <laughs> so I'll let you field that one. Well, I think floppy short eye actually ties quite well in with the liquid one. I think that's the, the same origin story, perhaps. Oh, I think they're very distinct things. Well, when I think about sh- floppy short eye, it's in particular when he loses, although I read recently that he... Uh, someone said that he, in their mind, they go floppy. He goes floppy after he wins as well. He just goes floppy at the end of a bout. I think he does it more when he's lost, but he does do it most of the time. To me, it was a show of being disappointed. And so all the tension is being held in his body and, you know, he's done his best, but he's ultimately uh, quite often failed. And all of that tension comes out and he just lets his arms flop down and he goes sort of, you know, shoulders go forward. So that's floppy short eye. But surely that ties into liquid. No, well, I'd love to hear from Eli about the origin story of the liquid one, because to me, that's about short eye on the doyo. Ah, slipping away. His ability to look very, very uh, wet when he's moving around the doyo (laughs) and can be slippery and very, very hard to catch. And just the way he can move without seemingly look like he's putting any real effort into his sumo, but we know there's a lot going on under the hood there with short eye. And none of that answers why uh, I like him in particular so much. It's ephemeral. I can't answer it. I just love the guy. I just think he's funny. I think he's cool. I love watching him do sumo. Sometimes Rikishi just speak. Yep to you on a primal level that you can't really articulate. Yeah, I'm just a short-eye girl. Yep. Couldn't have said it better. So before we get into hearing from our Sumo podcast buddies, we're going to take a quick tour through the year that was 2023 in Sumo. Oh, yeah. I mean, so much happened. There's no way to uh, to really go through it in a coherent manner. But at the very least, you know, we can talk about who was and wasn't there, who <laughs> did and did not uh, achieve and I guess, you know, we can start off with the Yokozuna Terunofuji because we did not see him very much this year. We only saw him in May. He bombed back in at that point and won. Yeah, he looked so good, didn't he? He won that U show 14-1. There were some question marks early on. I think that uh, people were looking to see how his form was going to be. But, gee, he just looked strong every single day of that particular basho. So in terms of strike rates, he's one from one. Yeah. Of the Basho that he turned up to, he won. I mean, you can't argue with that track record. And when he turned up, he just beat all the Sanyaku. The only guy he lost to was Maysay. Maysay. Maysay known for, uh, you know, being that giant killer. But he beat Takakesho Kirabiyama as he was in that point, uh, that stage. Asaniyama, who everyone thought was going to start to come up again. Hoshori, you know, Kodnawaka, he just came back in after that injury and beat everybody, but then couldn't back it up, went back out again. And now apparently it's at the stage where the Yokozuna Deliberation Committee are 
starting to get a little, just shifting in their seat a little bit. And we do, we do need to always come back to the point that the Yokozuna Delibera- Deliberation Council have no power. Yeah, they're just mates having they, a chat. They are, they're sumo fans who just got lucky and were at the right place at the right time. But there are rumblings. We've also called them a council and a committee. I can't remember which ah, one it is. So they're, they're, you know, they just have fun talking about what's happening. And they're, they're starting to say maybe he needs to show up in January and be interesting to see whether he does. So Tucker K's show, uh, he had two you show this year. Uh, if you'd asked me how many he had won, I would have said one. Yeah. <laughs> But my sumo memory isn't as good as it used to be. But Tucker Keisho won his first back in January, where he went 13-2. And then the Aki Basho in September, where he controversially picked up his second. Yep, with the uh, Henka at the end against Atami Fuji. Uh, he was actually Kadaban in that Basho as well after sitting out Nagoya. Um, he's been Kadaban a bit, but yeah, it came straight back as is his way, suddenly finds form again, puts the uh, body to work, sets the mind aside and picked up his third and fourth Yusho, which is impressive for him. Certainly is. But then failed in Kyushu. So went nine and six. Everybody was getting it. Well, everybody, some people were getting excited for uh, for a possible Yokozuna try. Uh, But, yeah, it wasn't to be this time around. He didn't complete the year off in that way. Hoshoryu, he came up good in Nagoya. There were quite a few people out. Uh, Terunofuji, Takakeshu. Uh, Kirishima was injured as well. That was the one he sat out quite a bit of. And Hoshoryu came in over the top gloriously uh, to pick up a, a 13-2 Yusho. Yeah, very impressive sumo from Hoshoryu, who won that Yusho in a very, very exciting playoff against Hokuto Fuji. Well, I say exciting. Uh, Hoshori belted Hokuto Fuji yeah. in that final uh, bout to pick up the Yusho. But another name that was there right at the end was Hakuwaho, who was on debut in Makuchi. And from the bottom of the uh, Banzuke cast a very, very long shadow in his debut appearance. Yeah, just went so well. Ended up uh, 11 and it must have been 11 and 4 because he came into that last day against Hoshoryu at uh, 11-3. They were both 11-3. Hoshoryu beat Hakuoho to go on to that playoff against Hokuto Fuji. But Hakuoho, so exciting. And for me, that was one of the big disappointments of the year, which we're not focusing on. You know, we like to be positive. But that he was injured in that uh, basho, the shoulder dislocation, the shoulder injury. It seemed like he was able to... uh, reappear and and sort of come back after that injury but then after that basho they went for the they went for the uh, surgery route good to hear that they've opted for surgery he's still very young got a lot of sumo ahead of him rather than rush him back in and try to capitalize on the success i think they're playing the long game with hakuoho and i think that's a very very good idea yep can't wait to see what he's going to do though yeah. next year 2024 could be uh, partly his year there's two basho left march Haru and Kyushu in November, and both of those Yusho went to Kirishima, one with the old name, Kiribayama, and one with the new one as Sekiwake, one as Ozeki. I wonder how many Rikishi in history have won two Yusho in the same year with different names. Yeah. Yeah. 
There couldn't to, be many. Is there a way of doing that query? I can't uh, think Probably that. not. But I know that people don't need query on no. SumoDB. You just trawl through the hundreds of years of uh, records. <laughs> so that led to his Ozeki promotion. We didn't speak about Hoshoryu's. His uh, Yusho led to his. Um, Kirabiyama had to back it up with an 11-4 in the May Basho to get his Ozeki promotion. But that meant that both of those guys ended up Ozeki. So Good year for Ozeki. Oh, absolutely. I think you'd say so. Good year for Big Fish. Let's turn our attention to the Sanyaku ranks, which, like a lot of years, was a a turbulent part of the (laughs) Banzuke. As you said, Terunofuji was there all year. Couldn't budge him from that spot. His name was, at least. (laughs) Well, that's true. Uh, But underneath, there were lots of things going on. We've already spoken about the Ozeki, but there was a name there in January, Wakataka Kage. Yeah, he kicked off the year at Sekiwake. That feels like 17 years ago at least that he was there. Yeah, sumo time moves differently <laughs> from normal time. Yeah, he started the year, it was his sixth basho at Sekiwake. We thought he was entrenched. We thought he was going for Ozeki. We thought he was eventually going to hit Yokozuna probably. But then he went... He went 9-6, which was an okay score for him, but then got injured right at the end of the March basho. It was his knee. We all know now that he had surgery for that and was out for the rest of the year, ending up dropping all the way to where we saw him in Kyushu, Akushita 6. Yeah, and not set the world on fire there. I think he ended up 5-2 from memory and won't be uh, coming back to Jurio quite yet. So a long recovery for Wakataka Kage. Amazing to look back at the... uh, Banzuke and see Shordai was at Sekiwake yeah. in January. He yeah, was, he that was, was him. his way down, right? Yeah, he was exiting from Ozeki with all the grace uh, that we know he has. Now, one thing looking back at, across these Banzuke, I didn't realise that Shordai had made his way back to Komasubi briefly. Oh, yeah. He had a little uh, pop back up. So liquid Shordai was, uh, was falling down um, and... At the start of this year in January, he was uh, Sekiwake. He needed to get those 10 wins to get back to Ozeki. He didn't get them. He went to Magashira 1, but then he had his little pop back up in uh, May. He went back to Komasubi. He went 6-9. Yeah, well. Oh, well. Memories, hey? Uh, we saw Daesho uh, work his way to Sekiwake and really uh, ingrain himself in the Sanyaku just that sumo finding a nice rhythm and groove in 2023. Well, there are a couple of times where you picked him for the U show. Oh, I feel if I keep picking him, eventually I'm going to get it right. Yeah, he just looked so strong. His sumo was his sumo. He was able to really do it. He was knocking over people left, right and centre. And I think uh, I think he ended the year in a good place. What was his final score. He was 9-6. 9-6. Yeah. I mean, yeah. speaking of someone else who had a very, very good end to the year, Kodnawaka. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, f- finished the year with an 11-4 and four at Sekiwake. I mean, this guy looks serious. I think so. And he's a little bit under the radar in the discussions that we're having, you know, about who's up and coming. All the names are Kirishima and obviously always a lot of discussion around Takakesho. But Kodnawaka's just sitting under there. He had four basho this year at Komasubi. Was maybe a little bit underwhelming. But Sumo's just getting stronger and stronger and, and hit that, uh, that Sekiwake in uh, September and then has had two there. 
Wakamoto Haru, he was in Sanyaku all of 2023. Is that yeah. true? Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that effort uh, at the end of the year will mean that he'll start uh, 2024, probably not in that select group of Rikishi. One of my huge 2023 disappointments. Now, Komasubi, it's a tough spot. We all know that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and we saw some people get absolutely uh, thrashed by it. This year, we saw Meisei come up and have a go. We saw Toby Zaru come up and have a go. Nishikigi, I mean, what a year he had. But the Komasubi look didn't quite suit him there, despite that 10-5 at Maegashira 1. No, to get him there, the Kimboshi against Terunofuji in July, he catapulted himself up and just looked unstoppable. He was king Nishikigi for a while, but, yeah, he fell prey to that. Komasubi curse. It's so tough. Abi, another Rikishi who, uh, despite having some success this year, he had two goes at Komasubi uh, and both Makakoshi. Mm. Uh, and good old Hokuto Fuji, uh, after his sterling performance later in the year, found himself at Komasubi at the end. But another Rikishi who just hit that brick wall yep. of Komasubi. He was five and ten there. Heaps of five and tens, heaps of six and nines. Tobizaru, he had one. Basho at Komasubi in September, he got the old six and nine. But I love seeing these guys pop up. Uh, I love seeing the interplay between the top Maegashira ranks and Komasubi. And, you know, when people slide in and out, it gives them really good uh, experience there. The pressure is on. You're fighting all the top Sanyaku as well. And I think it's I think it's great experience. Yeah, it's, to it's a totally different experience. A name who oh, set, reset the world on fire yeah. uh, in 2023 was Asunayama. Yeah, get your tail up three bouts beforehand, please, for this guy because he's back. He spent the year uh, coming back into Jurio, so it was his Jurio re-promotion, went back in at Jurio 12, promptly won the Yusho. But then I feel like, I don't know how you feel, but he didn't really deliver. I know he had the bicep injury, but even before that, Sometimes you'd see a flash of Ozeki, ex-Ozeki brilliance, but it was a bit underwhelming for me. Uh, I'm not sure how exactly to judge Asunyama's return this year. I think we've been treated with a couple of uh, these rikishi. I mean, Terunofuji is the one that I think of as the obvious uh, example of making it look like nothing to come back from so long yeah. and such a big in injury. But the reality is... Asunyama, when he uh, sat out, was at the top of his game. Yeah. Absolute top of his game. We, we talk about the zone of optimal sumo. He was living it. Yeah. Uh, and to put a big, what was it, three-month, four-month, five-month hole in that, uh, he's suddenly fighting every second day. It's just, it's, it's a lot to ask Asunyama to come back. Yeah. He's still incredibly competitive. Doesn't matter who he goes out against. But no, I, I think I'm whelmed. Okay. Not overwhelmed, not underwhelmed, That's just good. whelmed. We certainly still got the fan base. So he's got a lot of support there. People are cheering for him. And uh, yeah, hopefully that injury can totally heal. I know that he was out for, for days yeah. in Kyushu. So that's not helping matters. Hopefully he can get well again. Other success stories I've enjoyed this year. I mentioned Hakuoho before. Loved Gonoyama's success. Up at his highest rank, staring Hoshoryu down. Uh, of course, we couldn't not mention Atami Fuji. Yeah, I mean, 
what can you say about a tummy Fuji that hasn't been said already and will be said later in this podcast? Yeah, I think, yeah. Lots of love for a tummy uh, Fuji. Uh, yeah, I think we'll let everyone else talk about a tummy Fuji. Shona Numi is somebody who I don't hear talked about very much at all, but he's on a very steady rise. He's near his top rank, just dropped uh, from last time. And I'm loving Onosato, of course, down in Jurio. Big fan, me, of uh, Nishonoseki stable, and, and he's looking like he's going to be in uh, Makuchi before very long. Well, I can't tell you much about Onosato because this is the 2023 wrap-up. And I think his best sumo is yet to come. Yes. Um, yes. We, nice. As we see people like Onosato step onto the doyo, we unfortunately, but ultimately saw other rikishi step off the doyo. Yeah. Okonomi, uh, he retired over the, well, summer for us, winter for yeah. everyone else. Uh, period. He did not show up at the January Basho, but we were treated to his retirement ceremony where in the tradition of uh, the Oki Islands where he's from, he was absolutely showered in salt. I think that will be the image that stays with me for 2023. Maybe that's... That's the 2023 image. Could be. I can picture it very strongly <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. Great retirement ceremony. We saw Tochinoshin retire. He and Ichinojo retired after the March Basho. Tochinoshin has just announced his uh, his day, which is next year in February, I believe. I, I just looked at it. I thought you were going to say that he's announced his latest batch of dessert wine. Because well, I mean, that was the last photo I saw of him. What's the man doing now? He is buying uh, lots of pets. So he's got his, oh, his excellent dogs. dogs and I've seen some new uh, dogs as well. And, yeah, launching his range of wine, which I want to try. Yeah. I, we've got to get some imported. I'd love to get a couple of bottles of Tochi in for for the uh, sumo next time. Yeah, I reckon. So his retirement's coming up. Ichi Nocho, that's a bit of a weird story there. He he had his yeah issues with his... Um, stable and dropped out because of them and then came back, won the Jurio Yusho and then went in time. Yeah. He's apparently organising his own retirement ceremony, which is on the same day as another sumo tournament. So we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> Poor old Ichinojo. Uh, we saw the retirement of Chianakuni and I, I don't want to get into it now. You can go and check out our, old, our episode around that time. Uh, where I, I think I went on a 45-minute soliloquy mm. about the greatness of Chianakuni. Uh, but all I want to say is well done, sir. Thank you. Thanks for the memories. Akiseyama was another rikishi who has been up in Makuchi, who we wanted to mention, who retired after the July Basho. And he's been a joy to uh, yeah. <laughs> see around the trap. Someone else I haven't got here, Tok- uh, you. Um, oh, Tokashori. I believe was also well, this Yes, that's year. true. Didn't put him on the list. But the reason I thought of him is because he and Akiseyama together, um, all the pictures of them just loving life, just getting in the blue jackets, having their photos taken, taking photos, yeah, having a good time. Some great stuff. All right. Well, that's our quick run through of the year 2023. Let's talk to some other people about their highlights. The first... Uh, podcast reps that we're going to talk to are Matt and Sabrina from Sumo Punks. All right, welcome Sabrina and Matt from Sumo Punks. Thanks for being on Sumo Manichi today. Hello. 
I'm so excited. You have no idea. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> We're all fan peopling over each other to Sumo Podcast <laughs> coming together. You know, we listen and we hear each other's voices all the time. But here we are together. You yeah. Know, your face. Oh, no. I can <laughs> see your video. face while I'm listening to your voice and you're talking to me. <laughs> like, I've seen pictures of them posing with sake and cats. Yeah, well. <laughs> One of the cats is down emotion. here. New cat is down here, Clive. So he is with us for this recording today. Yeah, a bit quieter than Yuki in the studio, though. (laughs) Our cat is hiding. I think because I'm just being so loud. Yeah, she's she's 14. She's grouchy. Yeah, she's old. Hey, um, if people haven't come across your wonderful podcast yet called Sumo Punks, tell us about the podcast. Oh my god! So we are Sumo Punks, and that's punks with an X. For extra sex. (laughs) (laughs) uh, We are sumo enthusiasts to the highest degree. We love professional sumo. Uh, I am an amateur sumo tori. Sabrina actually helps me whenever I... uh, I've been actually teaching some sumo to some of the locals here in Denton, Texas, since we moved here. And she helps us with our form and she plays gyoji. She calls hakioi when we do our bouts. But as far as the podcast, it's... uh, continuous love letter from us to sumo and we're not afraid to get dirty with it so (laughs) if that's your vibe definitely check us out we are definitely gross stinky crusty gutter punks and we just so happen to get into sumo and that is the that is the pot that our plant is growing out of Yes. Yeah, beautifully said. Yeah, I mean, the, the podcast is not for the faint of heart. Let's just say it that way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so a question we ask a lot of people is, what got you interested in sumo in the first place? Oh, for me personally? Anime. Well, <laughs> that, was a, that was a catalyst. But what first got me into sumo was uh, I was drinking whiskey with my friend Brian uh, sometime in maybe 2007, 2008. We saw the European Sumo Championships on, it was like, the ESPN eight or, you know, whatever super underground sports channel in the U S. So they were showing, um, I was like, that's not Japanese. I was like, that guy's from Poland. Oh my God. That guy's from Norway. I was like, Holy crap. These guys are doing sumo. And we were standing there, you know, holding beers and whiskey, you know, in our underwear, just like mesmerized (laughs) by the TV. (laughs) It was four in the morning and we were about to go to bed, you know, but no, we were just, we just drank more whiskey and watched sumo till the sun came up. And it was like, Oh, but ever since then, it's always just kind of been in the back of my mind. And um, let's say it was, was it 2018 when I decided to stop yeah. drinking? I was like, okay, no more whiskey. I should probably do something, you know, athletic. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, look, there's sumo. And then uh, I started watching Hinomaru Sumo. It's just yes. like an anime. <laughs> and that, they anytime people in anime have an activity, they make it sound like it's the coolest, most badass thing like ever. So I was like, yeah. they're making sumo sound like the baddest, most coolest thing ever. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I tried to find some sumo classes. There was like nothing. There was judo. And I was like, I guess I'll do judo then. Yeah. And then I couldn't find a gi in my size. You know, I'm I'm like 192 uh, centimeters and I am over 200 kilos. So I'm, I'm a hoss. Yeah. And so I, you know, I couldn't find a gi. But Corey Morrison put something on Facebook. He was like, hey, who's interested in doing sumo? I'm like, me. Dallas Sumo Club. Dallas Sumo Club was born. Yeah. So um, he actually, uh, I didn't go for like the first couple of months because we were waiting for the, you know, to get vaccinated because, you know, she's got the. I got the RAs. Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as I got, as soon as I got my jab, I was there and I was in my, I had a white Owashi back then, which was like, like so long ago and I tied it. 
I saw the Secutori, you know how they kind of have that little toilet paper roll, like in the front, whenever they just kind of loop. So I was trying to wear it like that and I thought I was doing it right. But I think I probably just looked like I might've been a little full of myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just profoundly ignorant. <laughs> so it was actually doing sumo that got you interested in following what's going on in Japan. Um, it was a little bit of both, because as soon as I watched Hinamaru Sumo, because it's about, you know, amateur sumo, but everybody that they're uh, watching and everyone that they look up to are professional sumo wrestlers. So I was like... Then we started watching pro sumo. Yeah, we set, we found the grand sumo highlights. And we're like, who's Hakuho? Yeah. Like, oh, who's this Kisei no Sato? And I got really into it because I grew up in a family of massive weebs. So for those who don't know, this is a term for people who a, – a Japanophile is another term for it, I guess you can say. who are just really fascinated by Japanese culture. You know, we were all about like Sailor Moon and shit like that when we were – when we were kids. So, um, you know, it just naturally progressed into sumo. So, yeah, yeah, you get in, you get into something and then you kind of, I don't know, when I was a little kid, I was super obsessed with Japan as well. And then I guess my brain just cycled Everybody to wants sumo. To, and- every little kid wants to be a ninja, you know, yeah, it's true. but sometimes it's easier to just become a sumo wrestler instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2023 highlights mm. is what we're here to talk about today. And we are super mm. fascinated to know what your highlights of this year of our Lord, 2023, mm. uh, what could they be? Do you want to kick us off with your first highlight? The first highlight is about one of my boyfriends, uh, Karishima. Yeah. Um, it just made me so happy this year to watch him uh, grow and become this like mighty Rikshi and finally make it to Ozeki. And I don't know, I just like looking at him a lot. And now after this last Basho, um, (laughs) you know, when, when he won the U show, I was like, holy crap, he could actually become Yokozuna. You know, like it could actually happen. Yeah. yeah. And everyone was thinking that Takakesha would definitely be the next and uh, on board with that. And that was where all the discussion was at. And now all of a sudden this, uh, very Talk handsome, Rikishi, you, I agree. Right? Has, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, uh, Sabrina, I have an, a question for you. The name change from Kirabiyama uh, to Kirishima when he did get Ozeki status, were you a supporter of this name change? Um, it, it was harder to find a, a good portmanteau because I had been calling him Kiribayami for so long. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I was a you know, it kind of makes him sound like um like some sort of godlike figure. I know this sounds weird, but whenever I hear that name, I think of Krishna, mm. you know. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, this is going to be a weird story, but when I was uh, in school studying like world religions and stuff, I got really into like, you know, the Hindu pantheon for a while and like all of the like epic tales of Lord Krishna and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this dude's like a badass warrior god. And, you know, Karishima is kind of a badass warrior too. So I just kind of conflated the two in my head, which made him even sexier. <laughs> so now I I don't even like try to give him a silly nickname. It's just, ooh, Karishima. Yeah, it's perfect <laughs> now. The moment that sealed the deal, you know, what back when he was Kiribayama was, uh, it was sumo prime time where he, in English, goes, I'm Kiribayama. I'm oh, really? I haven't seen that. Yeah. Yeah, he said it in English, but he just goes, I'm your man. And she was just like, oh, 
<laughs> Listen to his voice. Say that. <laughs> she she say that. that. We need to find that and clip that out. Oh yeah, yeah I'll, I'll find it. I'll show that it to you. Content. Yeah, that'd be great. And the wow. beard pictures, the beard pictures too. Oh, oh yeah, the beard yeah. pictures. What so, you know, think- I'm, I'm Native American, so I can't grow like any facial hair. Like what what I have now is I like don't hold that the against extent. you though. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't have like a, you know a nice sexy Karishima beard. But man, looking at that beard, I was just like, man. It's like if I could grow that, I would sport that shit. That's sexy. Yeah. yeah. See? <laughs> are we are we entering a time in sumo where a full beard could be a reality up the top of the card? Yeah. Like on the dojo? On the dojo. Is there any rule mm. against it? Yeah. I, there I there is. There is. Yeah, yeah. They have they they require everyone to be cleanly shaven for the for the tournaments, except for sideburns. Well, it's just yeah. about to How raise sideburns. Can the sideburns go? I remember Chiataru. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yes. Paul <laughs> uh had them down to the bottom of his jaw, especially yep. towards day 15. He really let them go. Yep. You just say they go right down to the bottom of the chin. Yep. That covers that area. <laughs> then we just need to fill in that moustache bit and so that will be you, happening. As long as you shave right in the middle of your chin. You just have like <laughs> little yeah. big sideburns. Yeah. Yeah. Little landing strip. That's, that, that's not a beard. They're just chops. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a, a few famous uh, sideburn freak she over the years. Yeah, there was all the, what was his, uh, Taka, was it Takamiyama? Yeah, Je- Jesse, Takamiyama. Yeah, he's got the big yeah. burns. Shimano yeah. Umi, he's got some pretty good size burns. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty good actually. Yeah, and well, there's some the- new guys coming up who I can't think of now off the top of my head, but who are repping in the sideburn department for sure. Yeah, well, let's get a hashtag uh, 2024 grow them in. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Going, like, let's get them happening. Hell um, yeah. So highlight number one, Kirishima. Yep. Slash Kirishima. Great highlight and what a great year he's had. What's your second highlight of 2023? Well, it's broad, but we called it the changing of the guard in Makuuchi. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, you know, just in the whole secutory, you know, in uh, Jurio and, you know, Makuuchi, just all the whole secutory changes. So we had some titans like Ichinojo retire, you know, Chiyotairu retired, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody's going in tight. Everybody that we, when we first started Touch watching, some, yeah, Doge. Yeah. When we first started watching Sumo, we had like, you know, it was almost like a pantheon for us. We're like, oh, these guys, these guys are always there. These guys are always kicking ass. And now it's just like. Like I said, very godlike, these guys. It's just like, oh, my God. So since, (laughs) since these guys have all retired, now we're seeing these new faces in there. And the one that I am very proud of that oh, I love the most is my son, my son, the Tommy Fuji. <laughs> oh. So this year he has kicked some ass. And I yeah, was you've just, had a oh. very good year in that department. <laughs> Hell yeah. And, and you know, whenever he first got to Makuuchi, uh, like last year, he was like kind of, you know, a little afraid. And, you know, he could tell. Um, he was very nervous. His, yes. his anxiety was getting the better of him. So bad even that he was getting nosebleeds just from yeah. being intense, you know. I was like, and you Dang. can tell the difference now on his face in the way that he moves, in the way he gets up, in the way he does his routine confidently because his routine yeah. is long and has oh, many yeah. components. And he just commits to it now, plays it out. Yeah. It's really interesting because it was November 2022, so the end of the year last year, that we saw Atami Fuji come up for the first time, and mm-hmm. it just looked all too much for him. I think he ended up 4'11". Yeah. But this, we're seeing such a different young man now, only one year later. Is he 22 yet or is he still 21? I think he's 22. I think he's still- no, he's 21. Oh. 
And he got oh, the wow. opposite score this last Basho, didn't he? I think yeah, it was 11, 11 and 4. four. Or for couple. the last couple of Bashos, I think. Because yeah, didn't he get two it? Two Junior shows in a row. Yeah. So he's been killing it lately. What do you love about him, Matt? What, what, what do I the, love about him? Yeah, what's your feeling? Where does that come his from? Chubby cheeks. Yeah. I just love his cheeks and I just want to pinch them. Just like, oh. And so when he won the Makushta Yusho, uh, you know, last yeah, last year, um, he just has this face. He just kind of scrunches up his face. He's just like, ah. yeah. He's doing it, everyone. He's doing the face. Yeah. The scrunchy face. And then whenever um I can't remember what Basho was, but he won about, but after he won, he's just kind of like, does this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like his mannerisms, the way in which he carries himself, what he's trying to put on his brave face, but you could still tell that he's just he's scared. He's a little bit nervous. Yeah. yeah. And the fact, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 42, you know, in January and he's just now 21. So I'm like, I am old enough to be his daddy. You're his daddy. <laughs> so he's your son. Like, no, 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 that's when I decide, no, he's my son. Yeah. <laughs> See, Hakuoho is my other son. Oh, okay. Wow, well, yeah. you should be very proud. Yeah, that's his short son. <laughs> Another uh, really fabulous newcomer to the the upper divisions as well. Um, you know, despite his injuries and everything that he's sustained recently, I think he's going to be able to bounce back. Oh, yeah. Hakuoho is going to come back and then I will have two sons in my <laughs> <laughs> Well, it'll be interesting to see when we talk to you this time next year mm. where Atami <laughs> Fuji is because he did that 11-4 uh, in November from – uh, Mikeshira 8. Yeah. Which yeah. when you compare it to the time before when he was at Mikeshira 15, an 11-4 from Mikeshira 8, we are talking a completely different set of circumstances. So, yikes. Where will he be at the end of 2024? Very, very. Ozeki, at least. Ozeki, <laughs> 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 even higher than me. I was just saying yeah. Sanyaku. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that was great. Uh, that was a rhetorical question, but thank you for answering that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that were two amazing highlights so far. Where are you going for number three? Oh, number three was the explosion. And well, at least in the US, the explosion of amateur sumo. Yeah. Like it has grown exponentially. It's insane. There's like tournaments, like nearly, what, there's more. U.S. tournaments per year than there are Honbasho in Japan. Yeah, wow. yeah, and we're getting like uh, former Rikshi coming to these tournaments too. Like, yeah, Kokai, Gagamaru. Kokai, yeah, Gagamaru, Kokai, and then uh, well, Hakuho went to Canada. Oh, he didn't uh, come to the U.S. He went to Ozuna Rashi, Ozuna Rashi, the... and Wakanoho. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that wow. was insane! So this guy, his name is Dan Kalbfleisch, or they call him Sumo Dan. Yeah. But uh, he did this um, amateur tournament that was part of Mr. Olympia, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know. So that sumo tournament uh, brought in talent from all over the globe. But the two notable ones were the two ex-Makauchi wrestlers, Wakanoho, who's Soslan, and he lives in Florida. And then there was um, Ozuna Arashi, you know, uh, Abdel Rahman Shalan. Yeah. So, the guy who was screaming around in Birmingham, Alabama last year. <laughs> I'm sorry, he was doing what? Oh, he was the coach, like at the World Games. Oh, no, I, we did say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes. he was the one that was screaming at the officials uh, because yes, he was yes, a that. guy. Yeah, that, that stuff. I yep. still want to get that tank top he was wearing, that was but a, go on. Yeah, that was an awesome <laughs> tank top. But he came uh, to Florida and, you know, he was smiling. He was having a good time. And it was just he like. He did look like he was having a blast. He was having a blast. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, my teammate, Hayden, uh, Hayden Southall, Dallas Sumo Club, got to fight those guys. And like, he's an intense dude to fight. Like, I only beat him once and it was by accident. But- <laughs> well, that's amazing, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, congratulations. 
thank you. <laughs> but he fought these guys and he was just like, I've never fought anyone as intense as that. It's like, I've never, you know, fought someone that skilled because wow. he's got a lot of strength. He can outpower skill, you know, in the yeah. amateur scene, but to fight someone that had, if not just as much power, maybe a little bit more power and the skill, he was just kind of like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. And if you, uh, we have on our YouTube channel, um, three of the bouts that they did. And like, you could just, I, you know, I like to put music behind some of the sumo videos that we put out, but not this one. Cause you could seriously just that meat slap. is just, <laughs> under the it's just like, whoosh, and it's just, you could just feel the power through the computer. It's just like, Whoa. When we started our um, Instagram account, there were uh, we were following mostly you know Japanese accounts and and people who we knew who who followed the podcast and stuff like that. But more and more over the last couple of years, I've noticed there's so many uh, Instagram accounts from sumo clubs around the world. So heaps in America, as you say. Then you know I'm going to forget them now. Um, I have to mention them, of course. But Norway, there's a massive one in Norway. Oh, yes, right, um, all through Europe all through um, Eastern Europe as well in particular. Like we know that those yeah. countries are strong, Georgia and, and things like that, um, Bulgaria oh, <laughs> with yeah. Aoyama, big traditions there. And these amateur clubs, like you said, are just popping up and really yeah. going well. And people are just teaching each other. And a lot of a lot more kids are getting into it yeah. this year, I've noticed too, which is fantastic because, you know, there's a lot of kids that like – don't really have anything else that they can do, like whether it be something athletic or another sport, but you know, they, they see that there's a sumo club in their town and they go check it out and then they decide they love it, you know? Uh, but besides that, uh, another thing I did want to mention about the amateur sumo explosion here in the U S um, is how well the uh, U S women have been doing. Yes. Because nice. we had the U S women's team at the, uh, the it sumo was, world championships uh, yeah, and, uh, a couple to, of months ago. Yeah, Tokyo. Uh, Kellyanne Ball. She's like our she's our homie. You know, we've yeah. known Kellyanne since we got into amateur sumo. And to see her and our friend Christina Griffin Jones, we've had her on our podcast a couple of times. Itan and Itan, Madison. Oh yeah, I love Itan. Itan's a part of Dallas Sumo Club, and she's wow. she's younger and she's she's wild. I yeah. love Itan. <laughs> and there's Madison Gwynn, but Madison I don't know Madison personally that well. Sabrina got to interview her at the Houston. An open last year, yeah, and she said she was never going to do sumo again. Yeah, and then I, really? she went and won bronze with the women's team. I know, I thought that was funny. <laughs> I want to make a video of that. It's like she asked her, So, do you feel like you're going to stick with sumo or are you going to, you know, do more? She's like, Oh no, I think this is probably my last one. And then cut to the next scene where it's her with her freaking wow. bronze medal <laughs> making history. So, they yeah. were like the first adult American women ever adult American women, mind you, not the kids, but first adult American women to win a medal at the world sumo championships. Mm -hmm. So that is like history making. I was just so proud of them. And then at the world combat games, uh, we had Kellyanne bring home silver, which I can't even, I looked, I couldn't find any U S sumo Tori who had won any medals at the combat games before. So that was really exciting too. And we were really proud of her for that. That's so, so good. And what a, what a great uh, highlight to mention for the year 2023. I think we're going to wrap it up here. Yeah, 2023. What a year. So yeah. I'd like to say thank you, Sumo for Punks, for being with us uh, on this podcast today. And thank you for sharing your highlights. All the best for 2024. Where can we find your podcast? We're we on are. Spotify. We're on um, Apple Podcasts. We're on YouTube. 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> you uh, basically were everywhere that you could find podcasts. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel where we uh, we're experimenting with more video content. Mm. So you're, um, there's also all kinds of amateur sumo content on our YouTube channel. We've uh, taken some reels from some of the recent tournaments. You know, we did like all women's lightweight, all women's heavyweight. You know, so the lots of different stuff that we have on there. We also have a Redbubble. And we also have a tea public if you want to get some of our shirts. And I'm pretty proud of our shirts. She designed them all. So. I did. Oh, really? If you want to just talk to us on social media, we're also on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all of that. Yeah, you so. could you could find us starting shit with Tim Sumo like yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Friend of all podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> Tim Sumo's great. I love that. He's awesome. Uh, so yeah, that's Sumo Punks with an X. For extra sex. <laughs> Thanks again, uh, Matt and Sabrina from Sumo Punks. Why don't we go through one of our highlights each yeah, before we ourselves. move on to the next uh, interview? Why don't Unlock you go first? the briefcase. Well, I need to give you time to uh, to find the briefcase. Get it out. I've unlocked it. Oh, my goodness. It's unlocked. I've opened the first envelope. <laughs> I'll go first. Okay. My highlight, um, this may come as no surprise for people who follow our live streams on day one, eight and 15 of every basho, but it's the Jurio division. It's, the Jurio division as a whole is your highlight. It's a highlight. Yeah, fair Am enough. I allowed to do that? I think it's, you are. Is it too big a highlight? Well, as long as your second highlight isn't sumo, My, <laughs> which would be a good highlight. <laughs> yeah, just a jurio and all the ups and downs, all the fun of it. Every single basho I look forward to. Well, it's straight after the end of the basho where you find out who's promoted. Yep. I'm always more invested in wondering who's going to drop out of Makuchi, who's going to come up from Jurio, who's going to come up into Jurio. It's just a really exciting division. I like how small it is. Yeah, it's quite c compact, isn't it? It's compact. Yeah. And there's a really great mix of upcoming, often young, but sometimes not even young, Rikishi. They're very hungry. They want to get into that top division. They're excited because they've just become secutory. They're getting a wage. You get to know them because you get an interview. Yeah. This year's Jurio was excellent. We saw a Saniyama win, Ichinojo, Gonoyama, Atami Fuji pulled off an excellent Jurio Yusho, Ichi Yamamoto, uh, which was very emotional, and then Kodoshoho. Yeah, some great, some great winners. Uh, in that batch. Um, this is no joke. There was one point where we considered making this a Jurio only podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just commentating, I'm not sure how I would talk my work into uh, letting me get off every day at 3 p.m., but I could have a go. Yeah. And then we just commentate every day's Jurio. The dream. Yeah, the dream. Okay, so your first highlight was. The concept of Jurio. <laughs> the concept and the execution. And the execution. Okay, so my first highlight, there's some crossover. Oh, okay. Um, for me, my first highlight is Ichiyamamoto's return to Makuchi oh, in November. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. has just been on our radar. I feel since we saw him pop up to Jurio for the first time in 2019, I don't think he made a huge impression on me then. 
He went out injured after a couple of Basho. But then in 2021, he came into Jurio, blew through there in, I think it was only two or three Basho, and found his way into Maguchi. And suddenly we got to know this character. This unique character. He is such a character, isn't he? How would you describe him? How would you describe him? He's a man. He's a man deeply in love with sumo, and I think that's what resonates with me the most. We have not uh, been shy of being critical of his sumo when we talk about it. What we saw in his time in the lower Makuchi division over twenty-one and twenty-two was (laughs) fucking hell. So he said, what we saw. Blah, blah, blah. What we saw of his sumo over 21 and 22 was he just languished around the lower Maegashira ranks. We saw that pushing sumo out of the touchy eye, but then it seems like after that there wasn't much of a plan. And as much as I tried to barrack for him and give him some support... Ichiyamamoto didn't really set the world on fire. No, and I think a little bit injury plagued for a while as well and just started resorting to the pool all the time. It wasn't really fun to watch him. Just didn't look strong. Didn't look strong. But on the flip side, with uh, Ichiyamamoto in the top division, we suddenly got to see these amazing interviews. We got to learn about his love of Wakatakakage, which has now become legendary. Uh of course, the most famous of those interviews is when uh, Ichiyamamoto scurried off to grab his new Waka Takakage watch that yep. he bought to show the camera. Yeah. <laughs> this is an interview about his sumo and all he wants to do is talk about Waka Takakage. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, working in radio, you really just are on the lookout all the time for good talent and it doesn't always match up with, you know, how people do their job or how people do their hobby or whatever uh, skill they're executing. The talent is separate from that. And Ichiyamamoto is talent. Yeah, he's absolute capital T talent. So March this year, we saw a bit of a slide happen. Uh, Ichiyamamoto had found his way to his highest rank at Magashira 8. And from here... I think there was a bit of an injury yeah. cloud hanging over him, but he went 4-11, 4-11, and then found himself back in Jurio so, so quickly where he then missed a couple of days uh, with injury. Let's cut to September of this year. Suddenly he turns up, 13-2. He wins that you show you just spoke about. Then in November from Maegashira 14, we saw a re-energised, a rejuvenated Ichamamoto. The sumo looks more refined. The sumo looks stronger. I don't care if this is the best we see of him. The ride that I went on with this guy this year was totally worth it and totally deserving of a highlight. Well, I applaud that highlight. That is an extremely valid 2023 highlight from you, uh, Ichamamoto's Jurio Yusho and return to Makuchi? Well, technically it was just the return. Just the return. Yeah. On the back of. With the sub (laughs) highlight of the Jurio Yusho. The second Jurio Yusho, I should say. Oh, okay. Great. Isn't that nice? All right. Well, let's move on to our next guests. We have Laurie and Leslie from Sumo Kaboom. Hello, Leslie and Laurie from Sumo Kaboom. Thanks for joining us. Hey. Thank you so much for having us. We're delighted to be here. Hi. Oh, it's like 
Well, it is catching up with old friends. It's yep, not like it catching is. up with old friends. <laughs> we love Sumo Kaboom. We love you guys. Um, now, we love Sumo Mainichi. <laughs> oh, I'm going to use that as a soundbite for a Absolutely. promo. Absolutely. Absolutely. We I nearly spoke in the middle team. of it. No, I just threw some amazing <laughs> thing. I didn't. Hey, um, on the very, very off chance that someone listening to our podcast doesn't know about Sumo Kaboom, Sell it to us. You know, honestly, it's just two sisters sitting in a closet in Texas. Our parents' closet. Yeah, talking about <laughs> how much they love sumo. We are fans of the sport. We are not experts. We love, we love, love, love researching who these guys are and what they do on their off time and what their singing voices are like. We're oh, just... Yeah. We're just big sumo fans. Yeah, we go down the rabbit hole of like what interests us in sumo. But we do, we do breakdowns of the boss shows and all the highlights, and so we do actually talk about the sport itself. (laughs) (laughs) We try, but we talk about history and culture and all the other things surrounding sumo that fascinate us so much too. So it's a hodgepodge of fun uh, sumo stuff, uh, and it's also uh, comedic, if you will. So it certainly is. Well, we try. We try. <laughs> How long's the podcast been running for now? Like when, three, almost it, three years. Wow. Almost four. What? Almost four. Really? What? Yeah. Oh, that's we, a surprise to me. We started. <laughs> we started in the pandemic. Was I there uh, the whole time? Yeah. So 2020, <laughs> 21, 22, 23. So once we get to March, that'll be like a college degree in sumo. Wow. wow. Yeah, 192, 93 episodes. But I would say that like a few of those you could probably just like <laughs> not, not <laughs> count as an actual yeah. episode. We were so ill-informed. Well, how long have y'all been doing Sumo Mainichi? Uh, I think it's probably six years, I think. Wow. Gee, that wow. seems like a lot. Mm. Is that true? Yep. <laughs> Amy's well, been in yeah. the same place as me. What? Yeah, yeah. Time what? passes? <laughs> Honestly, where have we been? <laughs> I right? don't know. Speaking of time passing, this year, 2023 has flown by. Sumo is done for the year, and we're so happy to have you on to talk about your highlights of 2023. Can you kick us off with your first highlight? Uh, first, I want to tell you that we have not discussed this together. Oh. So, <laughs> so we're giving like I'm, six, three I'm, for her, three for me. I, I'm really interested to see if ours match. Okay. I bet at least one of them I know will. one of them will. Yeah. There could be controversy too between you. Yeah, there, that's right. There could There's be. There's always controversy. But I, I really <laughs> honestly think there was an event that happened in June that has to be on both of our lists. Oh, actually, it's not because I blocked <gasps> it out of my mind completely. But I know what you're talking about. So, well, top of my list is uh, the Sumo Belly Rub Fan event. Oh, that. <laughs> that is top of my list. I thought you were talking about the compound fracture I witnessed at no. the local texas like sumo no 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 <laughs> the bell- we did witness because a terrible that break. i i did yeah. block from my memory i was like that's a highlight no was no, like- no the belly rubbing event that took place in june was honestly the highlight of the entire year for me also june was like the compound fracture like time I need to hear both stories I mean I do remember the belly rubbing event I remember Shodai being involved yes Yes. Ichi Yamamoto as well yeah yeah uh no No, Umi Umi and Shodai and what no and there was one more so maybe it was Ichi Yamamoto it may have been but there was a there was one who was like I really don't want to be here 
and <laughs> there was All someone I remember that who was not into it and just yeah. like perfunctory oh, oh, belly oh, rub. Oh, I know. Oh, it was somebody like Miyogaru or something. Somebody, somebody oh. like that. Where we're like, mm. what? Why would they choose him? Or I don't. Well, I can't what remember. I, anyway. What I absolutely loved about it is that Shodai signed up for it without realizing there was going to be a karaoke aspect to it. And then he had to do karaoke. <laughs> Is that when oh. he sang every day, every night? Yes. Every yes. day. Yes. Every yes. night. The best song in Gee, karaoke. That explains that performance because because we've covered that performance on one of our um, sumo karaoke uh, segments. And watching the video, it really looked like he had just been pushed up there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he kind of he he phoned been. it in. He kind of dialed it in yeah. I think, a bit. But you know what? It's hard being a sumo wrestler. Oh. So. I just loved everything about that event. I loved just how polite everyone was when they walked past and touched their belly. Yeah. There was like, no creepy about people. It was, like, was it, it good luck? Never, Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. yeah. You know, I, so I, definitively, yes, it's good yeah, luck. Mm-hmm, yep, yep, yep. And I put and, my hand up to the screen and I was like, I need this luck. Yeah. yeah. And wouldn't you have paid $100 or whatever it was to have rubbed one of their bellies? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Shot us belly. Little yeah, rub. and I would have given Absolutely. my phone number too. You know, been like, <laughs> here's a belly rub and here's my phone number. Give me a call. Let's do karaoke together forever and always. Where do your eyes look? Ooh. Do you oh, make eye rubbing? contact with yeah, them while you're doing that? Yeah, let's make it awkward. Let's go straight in, full eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just well, the- gaze in and relax and enjoy this moment mutually. Well, the other thing that made it so enjoyable was Sada Naomi just ushering people along as if mm-hmm. to say, "This, I know this is awkward. Yes, yep. it is awkward. Just continue on. Just give me a small yeah. touch and keep going. Yeah. Whereas Ura was kind of like, this is odd, but, but okay. here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Ura accepts a lot in his life. He's just moves through and brings everything to him and makes everyone feel comfortable. And that that's real Ura vibes. You, you mentioned Mio Giryu. If it was him, it was probably because in 2019 or 2018 or something, didn't he top the Japanese sexiest mm. ricochet in one of the magazines or one of the um newspapers he's like very popular yeah. i believe oh. um, I, can dark looks, horse. Mm. I can right. see that mm. I see let's that. move on because I, I know that you don't have a lot of time and thank you so much for making the time to join us today what's your next highlight my hi- highlight of the year is kind of not one singular moment but this kind of new blood that's arrived in the sport from Hakuoho to, I mean, Atami Fuji's rise. There is so much, even Hokuseiho and his height and uh, Gonoyama, who is ev- all these young guys just like showed up in this last year. And I guess I just thought, um, it'll take a while to develop like the next round of like Makuchi guys. And no, it didn't. So kind of that backside of like Hakaho's vacuum is like, oh, this is what happens given a little bit of time when one incredibly dominant player is now out of the mix. And um, yeah, it's pretty, that that's, that's pretty exciting yeah. to me. Great highlight. Was there one moment, one moment where you thought, oh, this is the beginning of a new era? I have to say, I was really mesmerized by um, (laughs) 
Hakuoho, and you know how we describe him as when he fights, he's like, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> That's the highlight. That's it That's there. That's the highlight. Like, whenever we discover that, like, when he fights, he's like, meow, 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 meow. like, that's in my mind. When you mean making that noise? <laughs> Actually? <laughs> the noise. Please tell me you make that noise when you watch him play. I do. I, under my breath, I'm like, Argh. but <laughs> I don't know. There's just something incredible about this new, this new, uh, new freshman group that's just I really like the exciting. confidence that they've come in with as well because you would think oh they need to respect their elders they need to respect these guys who've been around for for so long you know like Sadanumi even Mitakumi mm-hmm. and stuff you mm-hmm. know respect these guys but they they're coming up and they're kind of wrecking I think yeah. that's super cool and the stare <laughs> off between Gonoyama and Hoshoryu they're just giving it back to them and the other thing I love is that because this is the next bunch of guys we're starting to know their oyakata and their coaches and Mm. their leaders and so we kind of know the whole of quite a few stables now from the time that we've been watching and that's so true like the feeling of the whole hair yeah I agree because you know you you know the oyakatas but if you weren't around to watch Isagahama in his time yeah it's a little bit hard to kind of know how he fights and yeah. how his wrestler fights but when you see goedo you know and you see gonoyama you go oh that's exactly what <laughs> yeah it's like you <laughs> can see like the when polish. you train someone in yeah you yeah. can see someone training in their style and when it works it's really beautiful it's yeah really it's exciting. more immersive and and mm-hmm. you know feel like you know a bit more about it <laughs> well i feel like the last five years i've said this is it. This is the changing of the guard. But this year I actually mean it. Mm. And so that's a great highlight. Mm. Thanks so much for that one. Moving on, next highlight. Uh, I'll give another one. I don't know if you'll agree with this, but the it's a different kind of highlight. It, it, it marks a change. And it is, I think it was the March Basho, where I think that's the one it was, um, where t- uh, t- Terana Fuji was injured and hmm. Takakesha was injured. So we had no Yokozuna and no Ozeki. And from that Banzuke onward, the JSA stacked the Banzuke. We had so many more Komasubi and mm. Sekiwake. It was as if they all thought, oh, we need to do this differently from now on because we're, we're going to have injuries going forward. So I feel like that really instigated a huge change in the Bonza case and left like an open door for new people to come in and for uh, like Hoshoryu's rise and just, just like laid, just laid the yellow brick road for guys to walk down, you know? That's such a good point. That's so interesting. It feels like only a couple of years ago where there were two Komasubi slots and nothing would change their minds. I remember Wakatakakage going, Nine or six, Mike Shiro won, and they wouldn't Mm -hmm. open a slot for him. Such a good highlight. And hopefully we see this going into the future. It's the sumo manichi dream of, you know, for Sekiwake, for Komasubi. They've embraced it. The true dream is is that there's two Mike Shiro ones and then the rest of top division are Sanyaku. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone gets Kachikoshi. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're still working the maths on that one. Our true dream is that every Rikishi gets Kachikoshi. We... I've run the numbers. I yeah. just can't get it to Every work. time it's just slightly <laughs> off. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is. I mean, that would play havoc with your uh, famous Kachikoshi bingo cards. Though. Yeah, that's true. That would screw it up. But I have had the same thought. I'm like, 
why are there so many kachikoshis or why are there so many <laughs> makikoshi bingos? Like, is it possible for all of them to have losing records? <laughs> <laughs> or when it, like, what is the math on that? Yeah, I still don't know. So Surely. I'm sure someone who's listening who is uh, in, into statistics can let us know. The probability of that one. I don't want maths getting involved in this dream. No, no. <laughs> Dreams don't need never, maths. Never. <laughs> Less math, more karaoke. Well, what I love is that they referred to it as maths. Yes. And we oh, have yeah. never referred, yeah, we've never referred to it as plural. So. Well, I do because I've been listening to y'all for so long now. I often oh. will say maths. Yeah, math. <laughs> math yeah. is maths. Australia. Well, it's simple. One math, yeah. two maths. Yeah. Yes. What's going on on your end? It's like fish. The Texas education system. Yeah. That's what's going on at our, our end of the thing. All right. Well, let's keep moving along to your next Yeah, I have highlight. no idea how many highlights you have yeah, now, so exciting. just keep feeding them to yeah. us. Do you have one? No, my last one will be this. I yeah. have enjoyed, I have enjoyed Kirishima, like, not necessarily this whole entire last year, but this last Basho, the work he did leading up to them to that, he became a little bit magical to me, like a little bit untouchable. And I wasn't sure if he was going to get to that place. So that's exciting to me. But also, you know, everyone kind of counts out Takakesho for going for his dream. And I feel like he's he really is the only guy that believes he can do it. Like so many naysayers. And like, I love to see him still be like, no, I am gonna do this. <laughs> Turning so, up every single time. Yes. Representing. Yes. Whether he's injured or whatever. I don't know. Maybe a little bit more heart. Um, and sincerity from that. I mean, he was always sincere, but and, like serious, but mm. he seems more comfortable in his skin, even if he's not getting the numbers that he, he really does want this. So I feel like in the future, hopefully we'll have a turnover and we'll have some, we'll have some Yokozuna, real so, Yokozuna hopefuls very soon. Well, that begs the question then, in your opinion, who is the next Yokozuna? I think it's Kirishima. Yeah. But, uh. I mean, anything can happen. <laughs> <laughs> I have to agree with you. Uh, Kirishima's rise to Ozeki was one of my highlights of the year as well. Mm. Um, absolutely deserves it. Was really exciting to watch. And I really can't, I can't wait until he gets that one step higher if he can stay healthy. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's the big question. And yeah, you know, he has injured himself in all kinds of different time frames and places, and you know, on that that day one injury, yeah, that time, and you know, it sort of has been cropping up. But he's still relatively young. The thing I like too is every time he wins or achieves, we find out something more about his life, and he really does seem to be a very interesting. Very lovely man. We found out a bit about his family this time around and his daughter. <laughs> so adorable. Bless. Yeah, adorable. Super, super cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I love as the guys rise higher in the ranks, we find out more about them because there's more media scrutiny. Yeah. And so we can finally read more about them. So I'm really looking forward to Ura being in Sanyaku this next time because it means there's going to be even more media coverage about him and we'll get to know more about him. Can there be more media coverage yeah. about him? I don't know. Today I, I saw today I saw a video of like Wakaboto Haru like it, 
they he looked like he was yeah couples dancing with Ura just like on the dance floor. I was like, that's the sweetest thing, but so unique to sumo brotherhood. I saw that too. They must just love each other. They just must. It's the sweetest and most innocent thing. But I was like, oh, I love it. So he's always got cameras on him, but he uh, he will certainly shine some more in this next year, I'm sure, and give us plenty more clips to enjoy. Are there any other highlights that you'd like to shine a light on? I came really close to giving Hockahole's retirement a highlight. <laughs> However, I took it off my list because he actually did retire before. We had to we had to get used to him being not on the doyo. But just that retirement party itself was so great. Was when that was that? Year? Isn't that like twelve years ago now? No, I, I think it, it was. was in January. It was 2015. It was the January. Party was- <laughs> exactly. This is how you and I experienced time. Yeah. That's right. It's a weird yeah. flow of sumo. It's time. a little. <laughs> no, it was in January of this year, and I know it seems ages ago, but for me, that was a big highlight because I watched that retirement party like I was watching like the the last episode of Game of Thrones on HBO. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I saw it wasn't so- the red wedding. <laughs> right? Yeah, very lucky. But there were so many celebrities and so many great outfits. And I just, I loved it. And I loved watching the people that showed up to that party as well. Yeah. So it wasn't my top three, but it was certainly close. All right. Thank you, Leslie and Laurie from Sumo Kaboom. Thanks for joining us. Uh, go and check out their podcast and we'll speak to you soon. Thank, Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much to Laurie and Leslie for being so generous with their time and chatting sumo with us. We are back for another one of our highlights, our 2023 highlights. Would you like to go first this time? Sure. I I chose a highlight here that in some cases is very small. I think some people will think this is small. For me, this was everything. Wakamoto Haru reaching Sekiwake. Yes. Yes. Wakamoto Haru, it's, he's another rikishi that I feel like I've been following from the very start. Uh, we saw that phenomenal run of his through 2022 that saw him in January of this year make his way into Sanyaku. And from there, he was Mr. Consistency. Just kachikoshi after kachikoshi after kachikoshi. Now, I know earlier you've given us the hard reality that he won't be Sanyaku in January. But again... The ride of seeing Wakamoto Haru ascend to that high point of Sekiwake for me was just such a highlight of this year. And what a glorious man to watch do sumo. And all the coverage of him we see in the Jungyo and everything we see outside the actual bout days. Very looks very friendly. Looks like he's great friends with so many of the Rikishi mucking around, having fun. Looks like a genuinely good guy. Can I chuck in a sub-highlight P- uh, to your highlight? Uh, okay, well, let me hear it first. Yeah, and then and you then can I judge can whether it's it. being yeah. worthy. Yeah. Okay, because I had one too many highlights. Okay, well, And of I needed a way. I was wondering whether I'd be able to work yeah. my highlight in. It's day 11 of Natsubasho. Yes. It's And here's the... Oh, was it his work on the bales? Relation. It's the Uchari. Yeah, the Uchari. Against Hokuseho. Still, well, probably still the best bout, the most joyous bout Ugh. I've seen. Not necessarily the best. We've seen some, um, yeah, there's some amazing bouts No, no, around. no. I think if the 
if the image of 2023 is Okunumi being showered in salt, the sub-image yeah. of 2023 is Wakamoto Haru twisting Hokuseiho around yeah, with to pick up that win. Back against the yeah. bales. Hokuseiho... We know that once he got on the belt and started moving his opponent back, that was the point where people couldn't do anything against him. He would wait until you made a move and then he'd power you forward. Wakamoto Haru gets him to the bales, does a complete 180 with mm. the giant man. And, and I think if we look at Hokuseiho now at the end of 2023, people know how to beat him. Back then, yes, not many people could. Exactly. And look. Did Wakamoto Haru get himself in a bad position on the doyo? Sure he did. Yeah. Did he find a creative way out? Yeah, he did. Yes. Still saved uh, to bring me joy on a gloomy, gloomy oh, day. Great sub highlight. Do you Let's lock it? it in. Let's lock it in. Thank you. Well, my highlight was uh, going in person to the Kyushu Basho and being able to uh, attend. And I just wanted to give another shout out that, uh, if you are lucky enough to be free in November and have the uh, the time and money available to go down to Kyushu, I just wanted to say that it's really, really worth it because getting so close, uh, being in the smaller stadium and having the chance to meet Hakahol, which I can uh, guarantee that everybody will be able to. <laughs> <laughs> so... Can I can I uh, offer a sub highlight to that? Yeah, meeting highlight? alcohol. <laughs> no, well, we went to the sumo twice in twenty twenty three. Yes, we did. We went to Osaka. We did in March. We did. We did. <laughs> so you're saying? Why did I choose Kyushu? Yeah, well, I'm, it's that's so what I'm small saying. And great. Are you? So you're saying that's better than Osaka? Mm, I'm not. I'm saying okay. it's better than Tokyo, though. Yeah, it's better than Tokyo, but. Osaka has the intimacy of the Fukuoka Basho, mm. but with the city of Osaka instead of Fukuoka. Oh, that's so true. We loved Fukuoka. Fukuoka's great. But geez, Osaka's good. Fukuoka, my message to you is just go a little easy on Christmas. <laughs> love it Christmas. Was, it was November and I've never seen so many public Christmas decorations in my life. <laughs> I don't know if we put a photo of this on the Sumo Manichi Instagram, but there was an area where there were just Santas and there were probably 200 different big life-size Santas, which was very distressing. It was too many Santas. It was too many Santas. And it's hard to think that they don't come alive at night in some way. <laughs> Very um, distressing. But, uh, yeah, I guess maybe it's just most fresh in my mind. But I did love being out the back, down in the corridors, seeing the Jurio Doya Erie uh, tied into my first highlight. Yeah, and it's uh, certainly, come in. certainly not that accessible in Osaka. No, not as. More than Tokyo again, yeah. but... Um, not as much. You have to go around the back to see uh, yeah, people yeah, yeah. come in. That wasn't great. Hassle. Good highlight. Kyushu well, Basho. Well, that brings us to our final special guest of the uh, episode. We have Jake from Grand Sumo Breakdown. All right. Welcome, Jake from Grand Sumo Breakdown. So good to have you on Sumo Mainichi today. Yeah, thanks. Um, I know that we've had you guys over on our show once or twice, but... Uh, has anybody else from our show been on yours, or am I the first one? No, you're the first and only uh, representative of Grand Sumo Breakdown. That puts a lot of pressure on you as a single human being. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta single-handedly ruin the reputation so that you don't ask <laughs> anybody back, right? 
So are you representing Grand Sumo Breakdown here with your comments or, do, or yes. does what you say just represent your own opinion? Everything I say carries all the legal weight possible of uh, the Grand Sumo Breakdown enterprise as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> Taking um, note of that. Yeah, we'll yeah. write that down. Um, Jake, on the uh, off chance people haven't heard of Grand Sumo Breakdown, tell us about the podcast. We started following Sumo in uh, 2016 or so. Uh, we're, we're a bunch of college friends. We, we got hooked on Sumo itself. And um, the, the joke that we like to repeat is that when you're a white guy that turns 30, you either have to start brewing your beer uh, golfing or start a podcast. Um, so that's, that's, that's the joke we keep coming back to, but, but yeah, we, um, we had all the audio equipment in our basements just from like, you know, a history of doing like music and stuff between us and all that. But, um, so yeah, 2017 or so we've been following for about a year and, uh, started doing podcasting and, Turns out it's a lot easier than it sounds. So we just kept at it this whole time. And, uh, it doesn't sound yeah. easy at all. It's <laughs> <laughs> super yeah, well, fun we have, your podcast. We have twice as, many, uh, twice as much supply of labor as you guys do. So that helps us out a little bit. <laughs> Jake, you spoke about you and the rest of the Grand Sumo Breakdown crew getting into Sumo in 2016. How did you do that? Through what channels and what was it that sparked the interest? Um, we've always been kind of... Uh, interested in Japanese culture, just generic kind of nerdy level of it. Um, but the specific spark was, um, uh, I found an article that, uh, used, um, statistics to analyze how current wrestlers would compare to wrestlers way back in the past. Um, just cause sumo has been around for so long and it's got such a extensive history of, uh, record keeping. Um, somebody was comparing, uh, uh Hakuho at, who at the time in 20, 16-ish was, of course, on top of the world, um, uh, comparing his statistics to Raiden from the late 1700s, who's like one wow. of the other like greatest of all time kind of figures. Mm. Um, and so it was just some long form sports statistic article that was, it piqued my interest. I read through it and uh, started looking around on YouTube and found out how, at least back then in the golden age, it was incredibly easy to find sumo on yeah. YouTube back in the wild west years of 2016, 2017, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, it, it, as it gets harder and harder to find channels that just complicates things, but you know, we've, we've got enough, uh, feelers out there that we can generally find what we need to find. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. The community wink, provides. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, Jake, obviously this is a podcast format and we're not having, uh, any video recorded here, but we do need to point out your very fetching Iowa Sumo Club t-shirt that you're wearing. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Iowa Sumo Club. Yeah, the, uh, the, the I guess you'd call it second phase of, uh, of my involvement in Sumo after starting the, the podcast with the guys uh, six-ish years ago now. Um, about two and a half years ago, uh, we kind of got into the amateur Sumo scene in the States here. Um, and there's... It, just in the in the post pandemic uh, ability to travel again, amateur sumo blew up in 2021 up till now. Uh, still still getting bigger and better and just a whole bunch of fun. And uh, yeah, there's there's little hot spots of sumo all over the country here. Uh, most of them are really far away, but we finally got a little bit of a presence up here in the up here in the north. We uh, just this summer decided to start up our own Iowa Sumo Club. 
of of the podcasters, only me and Flarek really do very much of it. But we've yep. recruited a pretty tight knit group of another four guys or so that yeah we we practice all the time and uh, yeah I, as I was telling you before we hit record I uh, I, I got a, sh- a shirt for me and I am hoping to find a, a better vendor that can help me get them cheaper. <laughs> but, so are they available for sale right now? You can find them on our Grand Sumo Breakdown Redbubble site. Uh, I put it up there as just a test and. I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of up and down on Redbubble, but it, it yeah. is there if you really want to buy it. It's it, it's absolutely available. There you go. Um, Hot off the press Iowa Sumo Club yeah. t-shirts. It sounds like they're going to be a really limited addition to you could pull them off at any time. So if you want yeah. your full collection, your full bingo of uh, US Amateur Sumo Clubs, you've got to get this Iowa one while it's available because uh, it I looks will really say- good. Well, Jake, you're here because we are doing a 2023 Sumo year in review wrap up uh and we'd love to hear what your highlights were for this year of sumo kick us off with your first highlight yeah i think um i i don't know if this is the same for you guys but uh after following sumo for six or seven years now it um the highlights tend to be for me more weird stuff um just because there's there's a basho every two months and I'll be honest, a good number of them are don't have a ton of unique moments that are like super memorable years down the line, right? Yeah. So like a, a lot of the times all you'll remember is, oh, Takakesha won that one. Or, yeah, oh, yeah uh, if you're lucky. Oh, that was the one that Tamawashi <laughs> won. Blend together something. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I kind of hate to say it, but the thing that I'm going to remember from this year, probably the longest, is probably Takakesha winning in a in a playoff <laughs> oh, with a Henka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just those moments where you suddenly like, did I actually see that? Did that actually yeah. happen? Well, I have to ask you, what did you think then of the Takakesho hanger? I was very upset in the in the mean like in the in the moment, but yeah, I, I think looking back on it, uh, I'm not really worried anymore about Atami Fuji. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be all right. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. he's gonna be okay. The that, boy's that gonna be spoiling. all right. <laughs> I was very interested to see Huckleho come out the following day and comment on his sumo and said he just did what he needed to do to yeah. win. So a guy who has won you shows with a with a henka in the past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's like, don't look too far back into uh, my history and the henka yeah. and the you show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. For no reason in particular, I'm okay with this particular move. <laughs> I remember standing up for it um, in the podcast straight after, and then. I was like, you know, you got it. He needs to win. He wants to win. He wants to become a Yokozuna. Um, I feel okay. I don't feel great about it, but I feel okay. And then the next day I was just like, oh, there's a taste in my mouth about this. Hang on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That is, that's a fantastic highlight. That that was a real moment in the uh, in the sumo year. What What's another one that you've got on your list? Um, I think uh, the – even if it's not a moment, I guess storylines maybe I, I'd say would be Hoshoryu and Kirishima. That's that's the other big one for me. Yeah. Um, specifically, I suppose the moments. Uh, I, I I think winning in November was a little bit less climactic for Kirishima than his first one uh, earlier this year. But but yeah, um, his first Yusho and Hoshoryu's Yusho, those guys both getting promoted and like. Um, 
it, it felt like we'd gone through a couple of years where it's like Takakesho is good, but everybody else still needs to sort themselves out to figure out who's top tier, who's second tier, who's whatever, you know? Um, Cause like for, for, for the three of us uh, coming into sumo in like the mid 20 teens, like we did, there was very obviously Hakuho. And then at least when I started, there were still four Ozeki that were all very strong, a very strong second tier yes. underneath the Yokozuna and, that hasn't really rematerialized since that era ended. So I think this feels like a little bit almost like nostalgic for like, you know, guys to have like a, a, a solid second tier here. Absolutely. <laughs> Those guys feel very deserving uh, of like that second tier compared to, I would say Mitakiyumi and Shodai were kind of letdowns as yeah. Ozeki's in the last yeah. couple of years here. So I'll take that as the world's biggest Shodai fan. I'll, I'll <laughs> accept that. I, I agree. <laughs> I, both guys absolutely earned it. The the three yeah. show run that yeah. they put together, excellent highlights yep. of their career. But the consistency not, the not there. <laughs> I'm not worried about that at all with these two new guys. All right, Jake. <laughs> uh, one more highlight for 2023, if you can narrow it down to just one. Um. I guess uh, I'm going to do what I do on our show all the time and cheat a little bit and uh, <laughs> give you a highlight from outside of pro sumo. Yeah. Uh, and that is all the amateur sumo stuff that we've been following. Um, the United States has historically been a bit of a punching bag on the international scene for, for uh, amateur sumo. But this year came out of nowhere and within about a three-week span, uh, Kellyanne Ball out of California became in three weeks, the greatest female wrestler in American history. Uh, the only female to earn any individual medals on the world stage helped lead the team, the women's team to a bronze medal in the team's competition. And, and yeah, that specifically her is she, she's the highlight, but amateur sumo as a whole has been awesome in the States this year. Um, I know that you guys have a presence over there in Australia. Well, uh, we I do, and I, I just Don have noticed. I saw this the other day too, that there's a new um, club that's just opened in Western Sydney. So this awesome. was from December 12, uh, a new post in the Australian Sumo Federation Facebook. So uh, that's another new one. I think there's one in Brisbane. But I think they've been – there's nothing in Melbourne at the moment that I know about, but they've been um, – working to regain a club in Sydney and so they're calling it uh, Yamano Oni. Oni means from the mountains. I think it's up in the... Um, Devil from the, the mountains. Devil yeah. from the mountains, yeah. What are yeah. the mountains called? They're the Blue Mountains. Um, ah, and they're training okay. with Somayama, who's from Japan, who has worked with um, Konoshiki in his sumo and Ooh. sushi events. Oh, so they've yeah. got a, you know, a really good experienced guy who's That's working awesome. with them to train and everything. So that, that was really good news to see in Australia. So Jake, what's your theory behind this, the rise of uh, amateur sumo in the States? What's driving it and where can it go in the future? I think uh, I, I've got a whole bunch of guesses on why it has blown up after being, it, it was relatively small and relatively, I don't want to say stagnant, but it was like, um, if you look back on like the history of national champions and stuff like that, you'll, you'll see the same name over and over again, or same handful of names over and over again from 2000 until 2015, maybe. Uh, and then you start getting a lot more new blood. And I, I really think that post pandemic people are looking for hobbies that they were looking to do with other people in person. Hmm. Um, you know, and 
I, I think that sumo as a whole has gotten more popular and that leads people to, tr to want to try it themselves. Um, things like the, the U S open is the biggest tournament in the States. So, uh, out in Los Angeles every, every year that gets a lot of eyes shows, uh, popular anime like Hinomaru Sumo brings a lot of eyes. The sanctuary from, uh, the Netflix show. Yeah. Uh, at least one of the guys in our club heard of sumo from that, wow. or at least like got the, got the inspiration to want to try sumo from that. And I, because I think it is at this great point, exercise as well. Yeah. Oh my it, God. I, I think people are realizing how good it is for, you know, balance, strength. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're actually getting to fight as well. You know, you're having a, a combat moment. It's exactly. It, and it, it can be as serious as you want it to be or as casual as you want it to be. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a fun, a fun way to work out that also scratches the same itch of, um, you know, just Japanese culture interest in general. Um, so you get your anime fans that want to try sumo because they saw it on anime, or you get the guy from the weightlifting gym that was like, oh, I saw sumo on TV. I wonder if we do that around here. I'll yeah. add another sport to my list. And as you mentioned before, the women's sumo is, is just so great as well. Um, and that's something we don't get to see in the pro scene. Yeah, it's, and, and that brings another level of difficulty of recruiting people to it. Um, that's something that we're trying to grow and Kellyanne winning those medals is a huge deal. Yeah. We sent, uh, we sent youth wrestlers to worlds for the first time in a long time. That's going to hopefully bring more kids into the sport, but yeah, all in all, I think at this point it's kind of hit its, uh, critical mass where there's enough people doing it that are people like, like me or people like, uh, Matt Shields from Chicago or Corey from Dallas that are like, living and breathing and evangelizing sumo to everybody that'll listen. Um, that, yeah, I think it's taken off enough that it's going to keep growing. And uh, I I'm looking forward to seeing it on ESPN in five, 10 years or something yeah. like that. Isn't that we, the uh, dream to have a, a yeah. domestic competition that starts to build a, a fan base and a following? Yeah. Why isn't, why isn't us national sumo championships on TV? Like it was streaming from this laptop this year, like the, the biggest, the most official event of, uh, amateur sumo in the States was my laptop with like my webcam pointed on a table. Like <laughs> That's the other aspect of it that you're involved with is the coverage. You know, you guys at Grand mm -hmm. Sumo Breakdown um, and Sumo Kaboom have been involved in so much of getting it out there, whether it's Dallas stuff, whether it's, you know, what you're talking mm -hmm. about then, you're, you're broadcasting it as well. So that's yeah, such that an important really step showing accident. that it can <laughs> be done. Yeah. <laughs> But I, have... I wanted to be, I, I, I kind of got into it hoping to be like GSB will cover amateur sumo as like a second thing, like alongside pro sumo. Yeah. And then we kept finding out like, oh, well, they need more help. Oh, well, I guess I could do that. I yeah. guess I could do that. And suddenly I've flown like, what, four or five times for sumo this year? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of kind of just stumbled into uh, helping out with a lot of stuff and trying to help other people get started. and. Um, I like trying to get to the first tournament that any club puts on so that I can help them learn as they go and help Amazing. them stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's been a ton of fun. It's getting bigger and bigger. And, uh, I now have to pick and choose cause I can't make it to any, I can't make it to all the tournaments anymore, even after just what, two and a half years or so in the, in the scene. Incredible. Such an incredible highlight. Great highlight. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Jake, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we'll speak to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Nice talking to you. Yeah.
Thanks again, Jake, for your time and thanks for speaking to us. What a guy. Legend. Legend. Very big legend. All right. Well, that brings us to our final uh, Sumo Mainichi highlights of the Sumo year 2023. Why don't you take us through your last highlight? Well, this is a, this is a weird one. I don't know whether people will like this, but I like this. And well, we, hang on. Sorry, I'm going to stop you there. You're not doing other people's highlights. You're no, doing exactly. your highlights. I, I get to choose You get this. to choose. It's your I'm podcast. I'm speaking right now. It's my podcast. This is my highlight of 2023. We mentioned before that feeling you get where you just like a ricochet. You just become a fan. I'm a short eye fan, but I discovered another Rikishi who came onto my radar this year who I never would have thought about it. And you're starting to smile. Do you know well, who I mean? I do, of course I know who you're going to say. Can I guess? Yes. Ten Shawhall. Ten Shawhall. <laughs> How is, so your highlight is you liking Ten Shawhall. Yes. <laughs> That's the highlight of my year. So the concept of Jurio yep. is one. Yep. Liking Ten Shawhall is another one. I, I think these are good highlights. Yep. And my other one? Uh, was, what was the other Kyushu one? Kyushu Basho. Oh, Kyushu Basho. <laughs> Not the Basho itself, being there. The accessibility of it. Yes, the accessibility of it. And also, <laughs> I mean, I, I I said it, but seeing Hakaho was pretty oh, okay. darn cool. Well, hang on. It, that's a separate highlight. No, I'm and back you- on my other highlight now. But, no, no, but I mean, like, is that a, are you applying for a sub-highlight of the second highlight? Yes, I'm applying to myself. Yep. For a sub highlight to my previous highlight oh, that I'm not talking about now, and I and granted, I've granted it. Yep, it's too late. Well, okay, that's not the process, but all right. Ten Shawhall. Ten Shawhall. What is it that you like about this guy? I don't know. I just feel I feel like he's just a great um, sumo guy. Tell me about his 2023. What's I can, he done? I can. It's okay. It's pretty good because he got up to Jurio. That's good. the good bit. Yep. So. Uh, January to September, very positive. Uh, September, Basho was fine. He went eight and seven. So he, he, in September, he got into Jurio, uh, Jurio 14, his highest rank. And he's only been in sumo since May uh, 2021. He forgot oh, to okay. turn up to the car park. Yeah. Coolest thing to do. Yep. So that already makes him cool. Name, Mukai Nakano. Love it. Uh, Great name. I always forget that. Yeah. Yep. yep. Love the name. So he had some early success with a couple of lower division U shows. Uh, one, he had one. Just one. Yeah, one little mm. son done, mate. Okay, thought it was two. In January 2022. He's yep. in Miyagino. For some reason, I like that. I like that there's so many small um, hand-picked guys that Hakuho yeah, has. And so, then there's this big guy. That's such a good point. I've never thought about that. He's not a typical Miyagino young guy. Mm. He, he, he feels like he's got a bit of workman, like, sumo about him. Mm. He's not spectacular. Well, he's not at the moment because he went 5 and 10 in Jurio, uh, at Jurio 10. Ooh, okay. We saw that in Kyushu. Yep. Um, got to see him close up. That was cool. Um, but he will stay in Jurio, which is the good news. And I look forward to supporting yes. Ten Shoho and cheering him on Great. in 2024. But I just have enjoyed... Um, finding someone else I'm really barracking hard for. Uh, my final highlight uh, is by far and away the biggest highlight of 2023 for me. This was the easiest one. It was the yep. first one I wrote down. Yep. And this was Akua bringing the salt throw back. Yes. <laughs> Great one. This is so, so easy. So it, it was a funny thing. Obviously, this was borrowed. Well, not borrowed, but 
Teretsuyoshi was the last rikishi to to haul 1.1 kilograms of salt uh, into the middle of the doyo before their bout as part of the pre-match ritual. With Teretsuyoshi dipping out of uh, a division where he could do any pre-match ritual back in... He left Jurio in January at the start of this year. We had March where there was no salt throwing. Mm. And you could just imagine Akua at this time going, Sumo's missing something. Yep. The, the crowd are disappointed. They're actively, there's an active hole here. What are people taking photos of? What's something that thrills the crowd in the lower divisions? And he knew what he had to do. So come May, he steps out. And I'm, I'm not exactly sure of the day, but suddenly Akua with a straight face, acting like he came up with the idea, sees what Teretsuyoshi did with a handful of salt and thought, I can improve that. My hand's bigger. It's bigger. And he, he'd started, well, he's developed the technique where he piles more salt onto <laughs> the salt that's in his hand, which is <laughs> revolutionary. Uh, and, you know, the, the great thing is we got to see it a few times uh, in November and the crowd enjoy it unironically. Yeah. And yeah. I do too. They haven't lost any joy in it. They don't mind that it's him. They don't mind that there was a little gap in between. They don't mind the occasional day when he forgets to do it, like well, he did in November. Yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that that was my highlight, and may he throw more salt into the air uh, in 2024. Aqua, you are a joy. You bring joy to all our lives. Another uh, great jurio at the moment. Rikishi. Well, I think that's it for yep. our 2023 highlights episode. Thanks everyone again for joining us, not only on this episode, but throughout the year 2023, through all of those episodes, I think more than a hundred or close to a hundred. Uh, and to everyone who joined us on our live streams, thank you. Uh, we love bringing the sumo to you and we'll be doing a whole lot more of it in 2024. Have a great holiday period. If you get one, have a Merry Christmas if you do it. Have a great uh, season of this time of year. Bye. Bye. Yeah,